Welcome to the Truth Lover video podcast presented by Love and Truth Party. I am your host, Will Pye, author, speaker, transformational coach, workshop and retreat leader, and founder of Love and Truth Party. You can find out more about me at willpie.com. Love and Truth Party is a self-organizing, self-replicating community and movement of love and awakening, a wisdom school facilitating health, healing, and happiness. Find us and join our mailing list at www.loveandtruthparty.org. We exist to empower the deep realization and integration of unity of consciousness of one human being and to inspire action in the world from this clarity as new earth ninjas, our playful avatar. Our projects include distributing a million love letters from the universe, inviting people to receive love and care in these and within the happiness hacks and other free resources found on loveandtruthparty.org. Today, I am really, really excited to be joined by the wonderful Tracy Story. Tracy is the founder of Elemental Resonance, a platform for restorative vibrational sound healing, Qigong, movement therapy, conscious events, and workshops. She is a teacher, a writer, a vibrational sound practitioner, speaker, and takes her vibrational sound and Qigong as keynotes in her practice. She has held workshops in Bali, Peru, Mexico, Canada, Australia, and London. Tracy's full spectrum approach to sound and vibrational healing has spanned an expansive 20 years. And that time reference seems appropriate because we were looking at what to talk about and we came up with this title of Life Purpose, Time Management, and the Timeless. Welcome, Tracy. With all that said, it's great to have you here. I'm looking forward to being in dialogue with you. Hey, Will. Thank you for inviting me on. It's a pleasure to be here as part of the Love and Truth Party. So, yeah, thanks for creating this space. It's a pleasure. I get to, to have great conversations with great people and with my friends. So that's, uh, that's really what the truth lover is to me. And this, this title seemed to come up kind of rather naturally in our just chatting before we started to, to record this piece. And it sounded like this has been alive for you, how to, how to use time, what to do, what's alive for you. So how, how has that been alive in, in your life recently? Yeah, it's a very interesting conversation. So I'm really glad that we're talking about it because um, I really do believe that time is our most precious commodity. And, and what do I mean by that? Um, what I mean is the, the, the power of time. Like, how would it be if we lived in a timeless way? How would it be if we were just running constantly with no time at all? How would it be if we could stretch time and bend time and step out of time? You know, what, what is time anyway? Um, does time control us or do we control time? So these are all kind of like, you know, rhetorical questions. And um, for me, I think how we spend our time is, is really, really important because we can spend one hour doing something that's nourishing and it will it will feel like it could feel like a day it could it, it's 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 not something that um that one hour is a very precious an hour that is is helping us to evolve 
in some way in ourselves when we feel like we're doing something nourishing and you can do something else for an hour and it can go in two seconds when you're just going about your daily business or traveling from A to B. So I think our connection with time is very important and our relationship with time is very important. So how we spend our time, what do we do within that? Does it feed our souls? Does it nourish our souls? Or is it just, are we on the hamster wheel moving from pillar to post and running around and not feeling nourished? So, so I really, for me, I think it's really important, especially at times of the year like this, the time of reflection, the, the time of hibernation, it's winter, uh, depending on where you are in the globe. Um, but to certainly if you're in the you know, Northern Hemisphere, to take some time to go into an inner space and to look at what, how one is spending one's time and what's important. And once you start asking yourself that, you start to think, oh gosh, well, that is really feeding me. And this is something that's um, speeding by and, and, and just eating up my time and not necessarily giving me something worthwhile to, um, to, that doesn't reflect back what I would like to do with my time. So I'm, I'm being quite cautious at the moment about how I'm spending my time. And as you pointed to, you're in the UK where it's now getting dark at 4 p.m. I'm on the other side of the planet where we're, I guess, more spring coming into summer where we're having more light. So we've got this curious opposites of north and south where we're going through alternate processes and yeah. this, this, this nourishment that time can bring. You know, whether it be meditation or, or, or qigong or yoga as you were speaking to that it feels true as well that there's a an investment that yields returns down the line as well so if i do an hour of meditation um particularly there's a cumulative effect right that that's not just in that hour or in that half an hour following where i'm going to feel perhaps more peaceful or um feel more connected or feel more present but there's a there's a return that will that will come back in time maybe when i'm in a stressful conversation with someone at work or maybe there's something happening with traffic so it seems like there's this sort of return on on how we invest our time there's a return on that as well mm. which goes the other way of course if i get if i get drunk all night then that's probably going to have some returns the next day or whatever it might be Absolutely. And it's the same with Qigong. So like any practice, whether it's meditation, whether it's toning, whether it's Qigong, what we're doing is we're kind of like building up. Um, it's like building up money in the bank, if you like. We're like you say, we're investing. So with Qigong, the ancient Taoists talk about qi being your vital force, your vital energy. And they talk about the dantian, which is the um, just below the belly, well, kind of below the belly button the second chakra so when you're working with chi when you're building up chi you are building up your battery if you like you're investing in making sure you have enough vital chi to go about your day to uh, reinforce your immune system so you're less susceptible to illness um, so you have more um, energy for for your day for your week so when we can put time into a particular practice 
then like you say, we have a return um, that we, we notice, oh, I was less uh, res um, reactive to that situation in, in the bank or in the bus or on the train or in the car. So we start to notice how our time spent uh, yields rewards. Yeah, it brings to mind a, a, a pointed phrase of a, a teacher of mine who said that we, we meditate so that when shit happens, we can be useful. You know, when, when someone in our family uh, is given a terminal diagnosis or, or when there's a car crash or you know, when someone loses their job or when, when life happens, because some, some SHIT will occur. And if we've got that practiced in, in the bank, there's all the greater prospect that we'll be able to be responsive to those situations rather than caught in emotional turmoil or uh, unable to actually be present and, and be helpful and useful. That's quite yeah. an, un an uncommon view, it seems. That's not that's certainly not how we're taught at school that we would be building our emotional resiliency or spiritual power in order to be more useful in life. That's, that's not something that we would hear commonly. No. No, and this is the thing. Um, how do we deal with these situations, these challenges that come up in life? Um, and it's it's really it's really interesting because I think it's to do with yeah, of course, how we're brought up and what happens to us as children, what happens to us in our lives, how many waves crashed over our heads that meant we had to you know get back up again dust ourselves off or wipe wipe ourselves down and, and keep going uh, how much resilience do we have so in some ways then the more knocks we get the more resilience we have um but we aren't taught this kind of thing and i think this is why there's this huge movement now that people are turning to these alternative therapies and turning to wellness and health and meditation and breath work and um a sound vibrational healing, qigong, all these things to help us to deal with with everything that life brings, and and the big shifts that are happening in the world. How how we're able to deal with those, with and what tools have we got within ourselves? Because the more tools that we have that we can master, then the better off we are for dealing with, like you say, when the when the challenges come. And you were referring to the Tibetan Book of the Dead in our conversation earlier, and there's like an ultimate context in that, because we're talking about you know, cultivating capacities that will have utility in the future. And there's, yeah. kind of a, there's kind of an irony in that, right? Because a lot of the capacities that we're cultivating are about being present here and now, being non-reactive. Um, and, and that has benefits in the future. And of course, yeah. a, ch a challenge that we all will face, whilst the challenges along the way will vary, the one challenge that unifies us all is we'll come to a point where we are nearing our last breaths. And uh, I guess some people just die suddenly and don't have that preparation. But most of us will be, I think it's more common to, to, to say that we'll have some degree of uh, period of knowing that our end is coming. And yeah. that's perhaps the most important event or a most important event in our lives, certainly within yeah. the Tibetan tradition, though not within our sort of Western culture, particularly. 
yeah yeah it's it's um so from from what i've read the tibetans they spend their lives their human lives very much with this thought in mind of how the transcendence of the end of their life will happen with as much ease and lightness and enlightenment as possible so they spend their days um in consciousness about how that may affect the end of their lives so for instance you know um making sure their emotional baggage isn't too heavy or creating situations where there may be some karma to deal with um it, it's just interesting to kind of like think about time in that way if we knew that everything we did today will have an effect later on down the line would we do it any differently and the consciousness of the tibetans certainly who follow this tibetan book of the dead path are aware that everything each day is in preparation for that that penultimate moment of transcendence and um, and we don't in the west think about that so much and, and there's a massive i'm just just feeling into that there's a massive difference in how people go about their lives and, and and how society and community forms with these distinct meta narratives underpinning each day and there's a um, massive distinction between the two as well of course which is that in tibetan culture you're looking at a life beyond this one as well so you it's not the, whereas in western culture it's the view is that you can do what you like because you're going to die and that's the end and that's and so it doesn't really matter you know so mm -hmm. don't, don't don't worry about good works don't worry about being a good person you know just just get lots of money uh, and, and 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 have as much pleasure as possible and, and and then you die and it's all over so no point but there's a massive context shift if that time now is expanded into eternity essentially and yeah. i've got to prepare for the next life it just changes things in a in a, a really fundamental way um the uh the 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 Tibetan scholar, um, I forget his, his first name, Thurman, uh, he's Uma Thurman's father. He, he, he speaks of how we, we, we've lost something in this culture with that lack of ultimate personal responsibility, with this sort of just biological view that we're, mm. just, we're just bodies and the body's gonna be over, so it doesn't matter what we do with this life. Um, so it feels like that there's a, there's a, there's a, whether it's true or not, it feels like there's a beauty in this view of seeing ourselves as spiritual beings that live beyond this life, that this time is going to stretch beyond this life. Yeah. And also the concept of us, of us being spiritual beings, having a human experience. When you think of it in that way, oh, that we're all spiritual beings having a human experience rather than we're human beings having a spiritual experience. And you flip it and you start to see in a slightly different dimension or a different perspective and think, oh, okay, so what if I am guest here on the planet and I've inhabited this physical body, this is my home for this, the time that I'm here, um, what would I like to do? What, what an amazing gift, what a, what a present to be able to inhabit this body and walk around, swim, drive, fly, ski, 
skate, you know, all those amazing things we do as humans. And you start seeing it in that way. Then you start thinking, well, actually, this is amazing that I can go running, that I can go swimming, that I can watch the sun go down. And you start to have a completely different, if you can, you know, breathe into that for a little bit, then it's like, oh, right, okay. And what if we take it another stage further, going, there's a whole heap of souls all dying to get in. They're all desperate to get in and have a human experience but only a few come through there's like a big line of those souls they're wanting to come in and have a human experience but they're on the other side and they can't all just because you want to doesn't mean it happens so how about that oh so your soul did come through your soul was able to come through that gate of incarnation and come down onto the planet and have this experience if we can have that realization then okay so what is this human experience? What, what am I here to achieve? What is important for my soul evolution during this incarnation, which will then help me to move on for my next incarnation if I'm going to come back again? Or maybe this is the last one. Or maybe this is my first time. So it's a, it's a, big, it's a big conversation. You know, are, are we young souls or old souls or medium souls? And I think... You know, some of us know if we've been here before. Some of us are like, oh, well, no, this is my first time. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's all about how, how we want to look at things. But I, I do feel this, if we can be grateful that we're actually here inhabiting this body for this time, then we would look at how we spend our time in a slightly different way. Yeah, that was, that was the connection that was already coming up as you spoke to that the the connection between time management and and the timeless you know when yeah. we're when we're aware of this uh timeless dimension that can be accessed within the human body um mm. our, our time management might include um more time spending in that timelessness whether it be with qigong or vibrational healing or in dance or yeah. in contemplation in, in nature, just being in awe and in yeah. wonder where that time-based uh, default mode network activity of the brain is disengaged and we get mm -hmm. to experience something beyond the identity and something beyond that time-based aspect of us. And, and yet simultaneously, just to like really spin it, stretching out into this time beyond this life for, for me this evokes a great lightness and a great um joy to be holding these perspectives to be contemplating uh, death and to be contemplating life beyond this life um yeah. so it, f it feels like a helpful perspective a helpful view to be regarding reality in this way and an expensive one yeah yeah it's it's what's interesting as well is i think this um this lightness if we if we realized that we were carrying things that were surplus to requirements and this could be through um you know kind of transmutation in our lives or transformation when we go through something that's difficult and we have a, 
you know, an epiphany or somebody passes and we, we have to literally let them go because they're not around anymore. And we can, um, we can, we, so physically letting things go, but also energetically dropping some of the baggage that we may have. Um, this could be to do with um, our parents, relationships with our parents, relationships with our partners, relationships with friends, um, and just going through life going, okay, so now I need to let some of this baggage down. I need to drop this. I've carried it up to this point and now it's time to, to drop it. And it's kind of like, oh, how does that feel? Again, it comes back to the Tibetan Book of the Dead, just kind of like lightening the load in life so that we may be more free for death. So dropping some bags and then you're like, oh, I'm literally lighter and perhaps my hands are free now. Well, what am I going to do with my hands? Oh, I'm not sure I've been carrying these bags for so long. I'm not quite sure what to do. Um, oh, maybe I can paint. Oh, maybe I can write. Or maybe I'm going to start getting into pottery. Now my hands are free. Um, and what happens is we become kind of, we do become addicted to these certain modalities of carrying things and um, mindsets and habits within ourselves. And then when those dissipate or when we go through change, transformation, transmutation, we have to adjust to a different modality of, of space and time because things have changed. So then we're like, oh, what do I do with that? And there's a moment of discomfort because we, we're so used to being a certain way. We're not quite in the new incarnation yet. So we have this opportunity in our life constantly to reinvent, reevaluate, drop things and come into the new. Sometimes this can take a few minutes. Sometimes it can take a few weeks. Sometimes it can take a few months, a few years. It depends on the kind of size of this stuff. Mm. But what I'm trying is we've got the ability to change things all the time if we so wish if we so choose and i love that we, yeah it, there's just so much juice in that and the, the the dropping of baggage that's a phrase that i've heard often but i like what that evoked for me was the simplicity and and what it might be it could be an emotion it could be a, a thought pattern uh, could be a, a self-identity, self uh, could be a story about the world, or could be a, a habit, an activity that we're, we're, we're just so used to. Um, I think the vast majority of the world is in an addictive cycle of alcohol and, and caffeine, or a large part of the world at least. Um, mm. So that, you know, and I, I know I've been in that experience, and what is it to drop say those two things and what does that free up i really like the way that you evoke that like oh I, i've now got some energy moving and i've got literally as it were space that wasn't existent prior what becomes possible now um i think the same is true in maybe there's a a, a narrative about who i am in relationship or maybe there's a narrative about what the world is and if those narratives can be dropped if i recognize that it's no longer necessary to carry that story to to see life through that lens what now becomes possible what now becomes possible in this in this space um that's a really powerful image i love that that we we can we can rebirth ourselves and i think what's really important to consider as well is to 
um, if we're looking at the story and the narrative, that that story and narrative ha has served us up to a point. Mm. There's a reason why we've been saying this story to ourselves. There's a reason why that narrative has existed. But then one needs to be honest with, okay, maybe this isn't serving me anymore. Maybe this isn't the truth I need to hear anymore. It's actually holding me back. So it's time to kind of thank that. And then that's, that's the point of letting go, dropping the bags, whatever it is that one needs to do. I know we're talking metaphorically here, but just um, having, you know, an actual um, uh, stepping away, physically stepping away from that thing in order to step into the new. Um, and that's kind of scary, which is why most people don't want to do that. They want to hang on to things because this, this is where I feel comfortable. Is it making me happy? Well, no, but I'm, this is what I'm used to. Okay, so I'll stay in this. It takes a bit of courage to go, okay, I'm scared. I don't know where this is going to go. What happens when I drop these things? What happens when I change the story? What happens when I realise that that cycle isn't serving me anymore? It's the unknown. And, and it seems to be true that it often will take uh, sufficient suffering to create the motivation to change. Um, I've often heard this said, oh, it's like, okay, they, they just haven't suffered enough yet. You know, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the truth of it. When the pain gets enough, then perhaps there'll be a look to change, a look to take actions to do things differently. Um, yeah. And I, I imagine most of us can relate to that in some way or other. Um, there's, the, there's the, the physical intelligence of you know, touching something very hot. You know, the, the, we, yeah. we, we move away from that. We say, okay, I'm not going to touch hot plates anymore. That's very, very painful. <laughs> but, but, but typically with life circumstances and so on, we're a bit slower to, 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 to learn that, that, there's, that there's pain in, in that habit or in that attitude or in that behavior. And how, how, what's your pain threshold? Right. You know, some people are like, oh, my pain threshold is like this. Other people have a huge pain threshold. So, you know, how much, how many, yeah, how many times do we need to kind of be warned? I have this kind of, um, I like to look at it from the kind of perspective of the, the guides, if you like, that sometimes they kind of like tap me on my shoulder and go, hey, Tracy, probably this, yeah, this, this isn't quite right. Probably best to kind of maybe change course here. I'm like, oh, no, no, it's fine. You know, I'm, I'm, I've got something I need to learn here. Tap, tap, tap again. Hey, Tracy, hey, this is, you know, getting worse now. Oh, no, no, it's fine. I, I've got it. I've got it. It's fine. And then the tapping starts to get right. We really think it's probably time for you to do some shifting now. And like, and even then, like, oh, yeah, there is something's not quite right here. Probably need to, to, to get out of this situation. But still, keep going because one is there is momentum in that there is there is there is some relationship in that but then eventually it gets to the point where it's like okay the guides are like she's not going to stop you're going to have to like put on the emergency brakes here you know boom and then you know crash whatever whatever that might be in it could be a physical thing it could be an emotional thing it could be a mental thing but something happens to stop you in your tracks because this is not going in the right way um, and some people need to be physically stopped in their tracks and from that the most amazing things happen okay it's painful there may be a broken leg um, there may be a broken arm 
uh, there's certainly maybe heartbreak, uh, there's some loss of some kind, but through this is, you know, the, the new seedling starts to come from that. The growth eventually starts to come. It's the quintessential phoenix rising from the ashes, you know. Uh, so these, we have to see these things as blessings and try to take the warnings earlier when we mm. can to save the big, the big accident or the big crash, because that's never very nice. Yeah, that sounds like, like wisdom to, to, to learn to take those initial warnings or invitations or, or redirections or you know, following our intuition. I guess that's how it shows up for a lot of us. I, I imagine most of us listening and watching can relate that we've had the experience of having an intuitive sense that this, uh, this job or this relationship or this activity isn't the right way for us to go. But we, yeah. we, we do it anyway because maybe there's uh, pressure from parents or society or, or, or we have a narrative about it being necessary. And then we, we find out six months in or down the track that it's, it, this really wasn't a good idea. So it feels like that, whether, it, whether it's guides or, or whether it's our intuitive process or whether those two things are somewhat maybe more interrelated than the conceptual difference would allow, that there's yeah. this coming to know and listen deeply as to where life might be, might be guiding guiding us before it has to have the cat, the catastrophe or the or the crisis to to enforce the redirection. Yeah, absolutely. And I think yeah, this is where practice comes in to help us to deal with these things. And I, and I want to touch because you, you you mentioned that you were speaking metaphorically, and I know that you do a lot of beautiful work and I've re received it. I've been fortunate enough to be in, in one of your workshops in, in, in Norfolk. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll add Norfolk to, to you know, Peru, Mexico, Bali, um, there's ex exotic places all around the world and Norfolk is very beautiful in itself. So I'd like to yeah. invite a little bit. Um, I imagine for many people listening, they'll, they'll know perhaps what Qigong is, they'll, they'll know it's a, a body practice, they'll know it's a subtle energy practice. Mm -hmm. um, I, I imagine with the sound meditation or the vibrational healing, that might be um, a little bit more unknown. And, and, and yeah. these are all elements within the Elemental Resonance program, and people can find out more on elementalresonance.com. But I'm wondering, with, can you speak a little bit more to, to what you do in, in these yeah. workshops with the particularly with the sound and vibrational healing? Because I think that's really an extraordinarily beautiful and unique part of what you bring into the world. Yeah, well, essentially what it is, is my job is, is facilitation. Um, and what I'm doing in that facilitation is reminding everybody that we're all instruments. So you're an instrument, I'm an instrument. Each and every one of us is an instrument. We've all, we've all got our own unique vibration. And so my job is to help to bring people back into their own natural, fundamental resonance, their own natural vibration, and to rebalance. So what I'm doing is rebalancing. And I, I liken it to being a guitar that say, you, if you play the guitar, you'll tune the guitar, you won't play it out of tune because it's not going to sound so nice. So you tune the guitar and then you play and you sing your song. And it's a little bit like that. As human beings, we are a whole 
complex, beautiful set of, of a, a tuning system. So um, the work I do is based in TCM, traditional Chinese medicine. So this is working with the whole body as a meridian system. So it's working with what's called the five elements, so fire, earth, air, water and wood. And each of the organs is associated with each of those elements. So for example, the heart is, um, the heart and the small intestine are part of the fire element. The stomach and the spleen are part of the earth element. The uh, large intestine and the lung are part of the air element, bladder and kidney, water, liver and gallbladder, wood. So each of the organs has these different associations with the elements. So when I do one-to-one -one session, what I'm doing is I'm working on the person's physical body, finding out where these elements are in their body, which one is dominant, which one is weak uh, or weaker, and um, using the tuning forks on the meridian points, just like acupuncture, I'm helping to activate and sedate. So I'm kind of tuning the body like an instrument, bringing them into balance. So, um, and it's very powerful because it's using vibrational, using a stainless steel tuning fork um, on different points of the body. Sometimes I'm using a single fork, sometimes I'm using uh, uh, two forks, I'm doing thirds and I'm doing fifths. Um, so I'm literally, yeah, um, I'm working with the energy field of the body. So even though the person, the client is lying there, I'm reading the whole thing. And then what I do with the group sessions is I am doing um, what's called a sound harmonization. So everybody is in lying down on yoga mats and they come in and we do toning at the beginning. And then we do um, uh, what I call sound meditation. So I bring everyone into a space and I talk about the energy of what's going on in the world right now, kind of like the weather really. Um, it's very much based on, say, the seasons, talking about like at the moment, this inner time of contemplation and um, talking about going into an inner space. And what I do with the sound, I just create like a cocoon really, to go into a, a meditational space. And I work through using different instruments. I work through different parts of the body. So I'm working on the root chakra. Um, I'm working on the Dantian, then on the solar plexus, then on the heart, the throat, the third eye and the crown. And different sounds appeal to different parts of the body. So there is this movement going through from base to crown and there can be some energy that gets moved around and cleared and harmonized. So it's very much um, different parts of the body resonate with different instruments. So I'm playing like a monochord, which is a stringed instrument, which works with the heart. Then I'll be playing a drum, which works with the root. So metal, wood, skin, different mediums that speak to the body in different ways. And I think what's beautiful about it is it's, um, I call it high vibrational, I call them high vibrational instruments because it is vibrational. So even if you were um, deaf, you would still feel the, the vibration of the sound in the session. That's beautiful. And I just, as with all things, one needs to experience it in order to know it and understand it. And I feel very grateful to have had a, a group session. And I think where 
awakening to the power of sound and the power of vibration collectively in quite a uh, profound way. You know, people are experiencing, they may go along to a yoga class and they may om, and they may have thought that oming was a bit weird, but then they, they discover that the experience of oming, regardless of what people say it means, the experience of oming feels so good in the body, feels so yeah. beautiful in the body. And of course we can all relate to listening to some music that elevates and expands and some that has a, a, a different effect. The, the vibrational quality is clearly very, very yeah. different. And this, this feels like it's been, you know, you were a DJ in, in, in this life, I was going to say in a past life. Uh, prior, <laughs> so, 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 so music and, and vibration and facilitating experiences of, of, of activation and sedation, like that's obviously been a theme through, through, through your life by the sounds of it. Definitely. I would say sound is the common denominator through everything in my life. Um, absolutely. And in a way, you know, the group sound harmonization, the group meditation, it's just like the new DJ gig. I'm still, I'm still playing sounds to people, but this time they're all lying down. They're not in a club or in a festival dancing and looking at me, you know, they're just lying down and they're in their own inner space. So it's, it's just like, it's, it's the new DJ gig. Um, and I, I like it because um, I'm still taking people on a journey. That's kind of, I've kind of accepted now, that's almost like one of my roles in life, that this has been a, a theme. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just seeing that it's different now. So I, I love welcoming people into that space and just, because um, what happens is, like you say about the toning and the oming, there's like a group coherence that happens and what I notice is that we do the toning at the beginning and everybody's in their own individual spaces. By the end of the session, when we return and do the toning, there is much more coherence. There is much more like morphic resonance between the group in the group. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, to say the least, right, pretty cool. I think you're understating it somewhat. It's a remarkable thing as an experience to be in that group of uh, a dozen people or whatever, and we can all relate, I'm sure, to um, maybe being a little bit uncertain, especially if it's our first time at one of these vibrational healing things, we might be a bit like, you know, what's, what's this all about? And that bloke over there looks a bit strange and what, 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 what's she wearing? And then through this experience of sound, there is a, a palpable, knowable experience of coherence, a, a group field emerges by which we now experience ourselves more as as one as 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 a we as a, as a group now of course extrapolating that out to a collective perspective as we look at this atomized divided world of uh, republicans and democrats and australians and english people and so on to to create the experience of resonance of coherence of, of being together as humans. That's, that's more than pretty cool in my world. I think that's like, that, that's really profound. That's really beautiful. Yeah, because, and you, you, you described it really well, because at the beginning, we are self-conscious and we're like, oh, I've just come from work or I've just got the bus or I've just got off the tube or I've just got out of my car and everybody is self-conscious and 
And this is one of the main reasons to get people um, toning at the beginning as well, just to kind of get them activating their own vibration by the toning. But what is amazing and remarkable, and this is why I invite people to do it at the end, because I, I wish for people to be aware at the end how different it is how much more relaxed they are, how these thoughts that were taking up the time at the beginning have disappeared because they're not looking at the other guy or the other girl or because they've just had an experience, they've gone into their own inner space and they've gone into a place of stillness. So therefore, when the toning happens at the end, this coherence is, is more remarkable than at the beginning because we've then kind of, I think it's murmuration we call it with a, when you have a flock of birds, mm. you know, we're moving and there and and it sounds it's just sounds more I, I mean I can't really describe it. it it's it has to change there is a significant difference and and if people can recognize that then it's like oh that's a that's a really good uh, point of reference to things can change in just an hour I love that you've evoked uh, utilize this wonderful word, murmuration, and evoked the, the vision of you know, most commonly starlings moving, moving as one in this extraordinarily beautiful, elegant dance. And you use the yeah. phrase morphic resonance as well, which is a term that uh, maverick biologist and uh, thought leader Rupert Sheldrake has brought into the world as, as, as the biological mechanism essentially by which a murmuration would occur as one example or by which a, a school of fish would know how to move as one or by which an acorn would know how to become an oak um and th this this is i mean there's there's a potential digression there which could take us off on an hour, hour hours of, of, of inquiry but i think that th there's a concept there that's helpful for the scientific mind to understand that there are unseen fields we 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 know this there are unseen electricity is an, an obvious one there are unseen fields of energy and power and i think what's most profound with much of the work that you do and and many healers are doing upon the planet uh, is to give people the experience of that to give people the direct experience of, oh, wow, I am an energetic being and my energy is now really different than when I walked in. And if I make these noises, oh, wow, my, my energy system is, is, is very different. So it's that direct experience of transformation, of actually having a, a shift, as you say, in a potentially in a short period of time in, in, in an hour. And, uh, that gives me great hope and excitement about how humanity might be unfolding, how humanity might be uh, actually evolving in, uh, yeah. in, these, in these times of great anxiety and fear about uh, where, where we're heading as a species. Yeah, because, because what we're talking about here and that you've just described so beautifully as well is the point of realization. So that point of realization, even if it's just for a moment, is really important. Just that's why I encourage people to notice the before and the after, the pre and the post, that it's come directly from them. Yes, as a group, we're, we're, we're at that moment in time where we're the flock of birds. And as the, 
individual instruments, individual sounds, but together making a symphony that is existing for that moment in time in that space for that session that everybody has contributed to. And that point of realization is, it, it, it's very deep because it, it, it's, it's um, that realization that, oh, maybe I can create something in my life. Maybe I am um, heading towards being master of my own destiny, creator of my world, whatever it is you choose to call it. Um, but there, there is an active, um, that you pay an active role should you choose if you wish to choose and but we I, need some tools to, to follow that right and that ties in with this notion of of, of life purpose and it, it seems to me that looking at your life journey and how all these different elements using an appropriate word with elemental resonance being your 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 thing your your corpus of um yeah. your, your process that you take people through that it from from this perspective it seems clear that this is tracy story's life's purpose to to work with sound to facilitate people's transformation something of of this nature and i, I love how you link the momentary or, or the or the half day or the hour shift oh like oh wow i have some power to create change to create shift and to extrapolate that out into a, a life that can be transformed, to, to drop that baggage, to drop th this baggage, to, to, to change this energy system such that, ah, now what happens in, in, in this space? And yeah. with more individuals evolving in that way, the collective can only um, benefit. Uh, it's, it seems to be just, I, I, we're living in a time, of course, of such focus and interest upon the devolution and potential catastrophic end of the human species and a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear. And it feels really helpful to be pointing to the, to the, to the embodied truth of these practices and processes by which we can encounter uh, joy and, and love and, and, and bliss and, um, and purpose and discover more of, of, of what we are and, and, and what we're here to contribute and be. Um, yeah, I, I really want to get into a session of yours. I feel I need to get back to the UK and have some more yeah. elemental resonance work. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I think it's, I think it's, it is for people to realize that um, any change make, can make a difference, even a small change rather than this feeling of helplessness, well, what's the point? What difference will I make? Um, this stuff's happening anyway. Is it, is it really going to be any, you know, and this is the kind of this, this, you know, this, these are the messages, you know, this is happening. It's too late. It's just like, oh God, well, maybe we're just all doomed and like, what can we do about it? It's like, no, this is like every change, every small change can make a difference because it's yes some people are out there protesting on the streets and planting trees doing incredible amazing stuff um, but also it's the home within the, the universe within the world within this this is what we need to keep healthy as well because what was reflected here is projected out 
expanded out into the world. So this is where coming back to being a human instrument. So mm. if we are living in our most highest, healthiest self, then that's the, that's the sound we are projecting out to the universe. And we need to have that. We need to be sending out positive sounds, positive vibrations. You know, it kind of sounds cheesy, but when it, it's when we take it back to us being a vibrational uh, instrument, a human, a human instrument, then it makes because we're we're vibrating that out when we're not even speaking. That's what's going out into the world the whole time. So, so I encourage people to feel this this power, this empowerment within themselves, uh, because it really does start here. Yeah, I, I just feel myself coming so alive hearing what you're speaking to and this is a key theme of of love and truth party that we're uh, playing powerfully in the pure democracy of consciousness right so in the awareness of the unitive nature of reality that we are all connected through one electromagnetic field we don't need to get too esoteric we can just deal with basic accepted physics to understand that we are connected and we are communicating whether we like it or not in, yeah. in, in a symbiotic relationship with, with the field, with the field of consciousness, I would say around the entire planet and yeah. the person on the demonstration who is imbuing, embodying, evoking, communicating love and peace and joy whilst taking a very powerful stand for a particular cause or approach is, 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 is different, very different. From the person that might be appearing to do the same thing but is filled with anger and fear and anxiety that's a different thing that's actually happening right there um yeah I, I i just i could i could talk with you for hours about this particular aspect of of, of your work and how it um yeah. link, links to global transformation i think this is why um our dear Greta Thunberg is doing so well because she's coming from she's like a teenager like she's young her her, her the, the vibration is much more pure coming from her because she is a, a you know a small well she's a teenager she's she's not a an aging politician speaking about some of this stuff so uh, if you think about it in that way her vibration is is so powerful i mean look at the amazing work she's doing um and it's because she's coming from this place of 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 um she's very focused on in in her mission but also coming from this place of um she's not trying to be aggressive with her approach and uh, it's 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 that's why it's you know incredible how 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 quickly she's kind of like rising up, sending out this message. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful example of what an individual can accomplish and contribute. From you were mentioning how we are all making a difference, a little change. You know, she chose to to make this protest, and and you know, the rest is history, as they say. It's now become a global phenomenon, and she's a global leader. And at the same time, um, I've heard her speak and evoke fear and anxiety and um, to feel as terrible as she feels so I feel in her immaturity and in her innocence there may be some unhelpful songs or vibrations that she's seeking to 
bring in, uh, not with malintent. So, yeah, I, I, I have great admiration and appreciation for Greta Thunberg and um, feel there's an interesting inquiry there as to what is the vision that we're bringing in? Is it a vision of doom and gloom? Or is it a vision of regeneration and a vision of possibility at this time that we collectively can make massive difference and change and that we don't actually need the government to be doing that for us, that this is something that will be led by people and be led by private enterprise and be led by um, a, a collective uprising that need not have legislative legislative effect, though, of course, that would be ideal. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm aware of 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 your time and, and 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 mine and as I say I could dialogue with you Tracy on this stuff for forever it's just such a joy and I'm yeah really grateful for you having brought your wisdom and presence and shared a little bit of some of your practices and processes with our with our audience and yeah it's been a it's been a real joy speaking with you and I know people can contact you and, and connect with you on Elemental resonance.com and you've yep, got that's right. meditation album coming out along with all your existing services and you're writing a book as well there's lots happening yeah the the uh, meditation album is basically what i do in the sound harmonizations so people will be able to experience what i do in the group sessions um but in the comfort of their own home i mean it's obviously slightly different to being in the room with me but i i talk um i've created um acoustic sounds that take people from roots to crown and they can hear um the instruments that i play in those sessions um, with affirmations as well so you can find that on spotify and itunes and is that out already it's out yeah came oh, out great. at the end of october yeah fantastic so it's under elemental resonance under tracy story so yeah well, and the vinyl comes out at the end of uh, end of november so for any people who are into vinyl there's a limited edition vinyl um, release as well beautiful yes well, that's on yeah. my list, on my list to jump on Spotify or whatever iTunes and get my copy. That's 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 great to hear. Brilliant! Yeah, let me know what you think. I hope you like. I will. It's do. taken two and a half years to to do that. It's taken a little while, but it's finally come out, which is brilliant. Well, congratulations and and thank you for joining us today. I'm really grateful for you giving your time and presence. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me on. Always a pleasure to speak and hear what's going on in the love and truth party likewise thank you tracy and thank you to all our supporters and listeners and viewers um, please visit loveandtruthparty.org to join our community download or order love letters register for our newsletter connect on social media and consider a financial gift at loveandtruthparty.org O-R-G. Thank you to all our existing supporters and contributors. Together we are creating kind, conscious, courageous human community.